have a guest. We have a wonderful, wonderful guest. Zachary I love Blazek. a guest. <laughs> can I say, can I say something, Zach? Um, I was just talking to Santa Lee about this. Um, first of all, congratulations on the, on the Sammy uh, nomination. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have to say personally, um, I was just I was reviewing your EP this week just to like get it back into my head. And I really like genuinely enjoy it. Like I remember when I first I never got a chance to tell you when it, when you first like um, sent it out. Mm-hmm. But like I really thought like at first I was listening to it, I was kind of being I was listening to it rather critically just to be like, OK, like what how how good of a job did Caruso do on the on the mixing or like how did Zach's performance be? But like, honestly, I, I, I enjoy it for pleasure. Thanks. Like I listen to it for pleasure <laughs> just because it, it really is just like a wonderful collection of songs. And um, but uh, I was I saw Caruso's post and um, uh, he was like recording the guy who who announced the nominations <laughs> and he said your name so strangely i was like and i it, he said it like b lasak or yeah, something like that so and i was weird. like <laughs> i was so confused i was like have i been saying zach's name wrong like the entire time i felt so bad no honestly like cam and i didn't like talk to anybody he just like submitted it to be like thought about mm. and so i don't even i don't think anyone knows who i am like i literally don't think like, I think I'm, like, a just a up-and-comer, like, new guy. Like, no one knows who I am, yeah. so, like, my name's not around. And I just changed it, too, so it's not like it's, mm-hmm. you know, been my name that long. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Fair yeah. enough, yeah. So, it's, yeah, it was, I, I, I didn't care that much that he messed it up. It was okay. <laughs> uh, Zach, would you like to introduce yourself other than being a Sammy-nominated artist? <laughs> I love Please that. Please do. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm Zach Blazak. I am a... Uh, music major at Oswego. I went to college with with these two, with Andy and Nikki. Um, yeah, I am from Utica, New York, um, but I, I live in Oswego right now. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a musician. I write music. I play guitar and a bunch of other instruments. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the the project that you were nominated for? Oh yeah, sure. So yeah, my EP is called uh, Homebrew, and it's under Zach Blazak on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, pretty much everywhere you can stream music. YouTube, uh, it's up there too. Um, yeah, it was uh, my friend Cam Caruso, who's from Oswego as well. He was getting his online uh, master's degree from Berkeley Online, and. Um, Probably it was like when we could still perform and do stuff. He talked to me. I was playing at a bar one night and he came by and uh, during one of my set breaks, he came up and asked if I wanted to record an EP um, and he w- he was going to do it for free um, and it, he, it was for his master's degree. So I um, started writing some songs um, and yeah, we just kind of started working on it in like August ish. And finished it around uh, uh, November. Um, yeah, my my wife actually wrote the lyrics to two of the songs. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, Sarah wrote the lyrics to "Who Are You?" Oh no, um, "Who I'd Be" and um, "Why Can't That Be Me." Those were the the two that she she wrote the lyrics for. That is wonderful. Yeah, I, I like wrote. I had a bunch of guitar stuff floating around, and she heard them, and she was like. I I wasn't really coming up with anything I really liked lyric wise. And I was like kind of strapped for time. And (laughs) so Sarah's Mm. like, you know what? I have a creative writing minor. Like maybe we should try to like write songs together. I was like, all right, sure. Let's do it. So one night we wrote both of those songs in one night. And uh, yeah, I think those are two of my favorites on the album too. So, or the EP. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, Zach, it's very rare that uh, one of my friends uh, shares the same type of music interest as me and uh, more so creates the same type of music. And I'm so happy to say that you are probably the (laughs) first person who I actually enjoy the genre of music they're making. Hell yeah. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, I'm glad glad you enjoy it. Um, We are planning to try to keep writing um, and try to maybe get get an album out um, next year. see what's going on you know i mean people liked the first one and i got nominated for a sammy which i wasn't expecting at all so i was like well i might as well just keep doing this and you know ride ride that wave a little bit (laughs) absolutely keep riding that wave i again like i am really i'm i i have to say honestly like um i i I don't want to 
like, you know, boost your ego too much, but I really was impressed with it, honestly. Um, I found it to be just like, just in terms of just like songwriting and like how it was actually made. Um, anyway, we're not, <laughs> we're not here to just, uh, talk about how great Zach is. Um, but yeah, I, I really genuinely am looking forward to, um, to whenever like a new project, a new record or anything comes out. And, um, I'm o- I'm always open for collaboration. Yes, so definitely. And I, I was thinking about to, that. Yeah. Because you've got like that cool production stuff. And it was, I yeah. feel like it could have, we, we didn't have a lot of time when I was working on, I mean, we had time, but we didn't have like, right. I mean, it's COVID. So we couldn't really have like a bunch of musicians working on yeah. stuff. And, um, but I think like actually like working with like, you know, a lot of like cool production stuff, like the stuff that you've done in, in your, in your projects that I've listened yeah. to, I think would be a lot of, a lot of fun. And I would love to do that too. Right. <laughs> So Absolutely. yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely keep you posted on uh, stuff coming up for sure. And likewise, because you know you've got some you've got some skills that I would love to to work with. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, why are we here? Why are we here, Andy? I don't even know. Uh, so in our weekly tradition, uh, this week we have selected the album Graceland by Paul Simon. It was very much a good pick for uh, me to come and, and join an episode. <laughs> I figured. I I, kinda, I had it in mind. Um, I thought you might you might be a fan of this, just knowing, just listening to the EP and knowing uh, knowing your background. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely up my alley. <laughs> All right, perfect. So uh, we are going to start talking about the album art then, which was interesting. Yes. I could only find the 25th anniversary edition again. Uh, they but, love their anniversaries, don't they? Yeah, that, Zach, that's something we've encountered a lot on this show, is finding only being able to find uh, the deluxe editions, uh, with, of course, ha- not being yeah. able to go to uh, record shops and browse as much, <laughs> and also being sure. poor, so we have to go with what's on Spotify. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked through, and I, I compared it with, like, a Wikipedia, and, like, saw what they added, mm-hmm. and they really only added, like, I think four or five tracks at the end yeah, some demos and yeah. i think just made like higher quality yeah yeah so it, it didn't seem like it was that big of a big of a deal yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah so the album art is uh this kind of like yeah, how do you describe it i want to i want to say african drawing kind of art style based on like the overall yeah style of the record yeah mm-hmm. it, and i actually i looked up what the art was and it is like an old um like Christian Ethiopian art piece. It's like pre 1800s. Mm. So it's like an actual work of art, but it's like un, like no one knows who drew, who painted it or anything. It was like, I think they just found it oh, all right. and it like fit the vibe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was like a, yeah, Christian Ethiopian Christian art, which was kind of cool. You know, when looking up this uh, record, uh, the word colonizer got thrown around a lot from Phil Collins <laughs> or not Phil Collins, <laughs> Paul Simon. Uh, yeah, which I don't know if that's entirely fair, but also it's a little fair. Yeah, I will say, um, you know, this like just reading again, I feel Wikipedia is a consistent theme on this on this podcast because <laughs> we're not interested in doing any research beyond that. But, um, you know, I found the like read it just going through the Wikipedia. Um, there was a lot of like drama mm-hmm. attached to this record um especially after it came out and after it was like so well received um because the a lot of this record um interpolates sounds from south african music in in the 80s um which was during the height of apartheid um a practice of segregation that is th- thankfully no longer uh in in practice uh, in South Africa, but um, when this song was released and and uh, the 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 sounds and styles were, of South Africa were interpolated into into this American work, um, there was uh, I, I guess at the time there was a quote like cultural boycott of South Africa and I, I guess its culture um, because of apartheid. But like now and like people were saying that like this was creating the, the the creation of this record was in essence like pro apartheid and so mm-hmm. people were like yeah accusing i um uh Paul Simon as well as the people that that were he was collaborating with on this record as being like you were saying Andy like colonizers or they're being like in support of the um apartheid at the time mm-hmm. 
which is unfortunate. Um, but I, um, I think that the 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 um, the perception has kind of shifted now, and that most people, I think, or anyone that like has reviewed this, sees this record actually on, on the at, at um, as the opposite, as sort of like anti-apartheid, mm-hmm. um, just based on on like cultural perception and, and how things have developed at, at the time, so, which I think is is good. Yeah, and some yeah. lyrical stuff too kind of leads me to think that it's like a positive light, like kind of thinking of like as apartheid is yeah. bad. Like if you listen to like some of the tracks on here, like what the, you know, right, right, right. choirs and stuff are singing. So uh, this album did win in 1987. It beat out uh, Peter Gabriel. So really uh, Janet Jackson. Yes. Janet Jackson. That's Control, crazy. I didn't realize that. Uh, Barbara Streisand uh, for her Broadway album and back in the high life by Steve. Damn Winwood. it. So a very big year that mm-hmm. year. Steve yeah. Winwood, wow, yeah, Bro- Streisand, Jesus. Um, listen, I have to, I have to give my nods to to my good friend Barb's Babs or whatever <laughs> the hell they call her. Um, but yeah, also Peter Gabriel. I listened to that record. That's once, a great. Um, once, that's a great um, album. I've got it on vinyl. Yeah, it's one of my faves. <laughs> Peter oh, really? Gabriel's one yeah. of my yeah, favorites a good one. too. He just he's so, you know he's um, in another world. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. He also takes influence from a lot of like I don't know if it's South African, but like he has he has influences in like African. Oh um, yeah, no, uh, so especially yeah, that album. It's very weird that they yeah, came yeah, out yeah. the same year because of uh, how stylistically similar they are. Uh, but yeah. so uh, going into the track list, we started uh, with the boy in the bubble. The boy in the bubble. I had some thoughts on the instrumentation. It it started out with like this tuba accordion kind of thing. I was yeah, I was getting like a tube like an accordion sense from this yeah. before leading into And it was the, like almost it was like hard to like from. feel the the downbeat for a while with just mm-hmm. the accordion. Yeah. And then like when you start hearing the drum pick up, it's like, "Oh, okay, there like there it is." But it like kind of felt like I don't know, like the syncopation was odd on it or something. So it was like kind of like hard to like yeah. feel at first. But then once the drums picked up, I was like, oh, okay, I see this. <laughs> uh, lyrically, though, what did you guys think? Um, I thought it was actually, um, yeah, I thought it was like uh, lyrically, you know, the thing with these singer songwriter records, I'm so bad at, at paying attention to the lyrics, even though that's the most important part. <laughs> but I did find that this one in particular, like, I don't really know the deeper meanings of them, but there's definitely some some lines that stuck out to me. Um, the the one in particular was, um, I think it's around the second verse where he says, um, "It's a turnaround jump shot." It's a, sorry, okay, it's a turnaround jump shot. It's everybody's jump start. It's every generation throws a hero up the pop charts. Medicine is magical, and magical is art. Think of the boy in the bubble and the baby with the baboon heart. Um, the, the pop chart line specifically was kind of stuck out to me just because it, it felt very, one, it felt a little meta, but also like knowing Paul Simon and knowing that like, he's not really like a pop musician. So he's kind of like on the outsides of these things, really sure. examining them. Um, so I just, I, I don't know. I thought that it was kind of interesting to, especially just to start off the record. I thought kind of stuck out to me. I think this whole album is like, um, a lesson in like songwriting, like storytelling with music, like Every song is like a story. <laughs> uh, as far as the overall mix go, I thought the drums were really good. Yes, on this track. I, I, you know the the thing. I think this record in general, um, it, it it really feels like those like signature pure '80s drums with the like thick mm. reverb, but like um, but only for like a little bit. Um, it really like just the punchiness of them. Um, yeah, de- the drum and the drums here definitely were. I think were were, were good. Some not so much on some of the other songs, which we'll get to. Um, yeah, I think this song did it. Best. Yeah, no, definitely. I want to uh, talk gr- about uh, the great introduction, the fretless bass throughout this album. Yes, yes. oh my god, <laughs> I love it. Yes, there's some great bass is, lines here. Yeah, that ba- really. Yeah, Bakiti Kalumbo. He's like a South African bassist, and mm. Mans was on a journey like the whole time. Like it's so good. And I was, like, living for it. Like, just beautiful bass lines that aren't really, like, doing what a bass does a lot of the time. Like, it wasn't just, like, holding roots. It was, like, playing, like, right. melodies and stuff. And, I mean, in the song, yeah. it, was, it did it. And it really started off strong with the, the the fretless bass sound. Like, I was so here for the bass parts. No, I thought it was great. No, I, I um, it definitely sets the tone that, like, the, like there, it's, it, this is a bit of, like, um... 
I don't, like there's some like jazz influence here among like the the sort of the the, the South African influences, but I, yeah, I definitely found that like especially with the several of the bass the bass lines throughout the record, I was just like, wow, like this guy is popping off, yeah, like, and he's just having fun with it. And he's I feel like the the bass was like over. high in the mix a lot too. Oh, absolutely, like it was like yeah. very forward. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. <laughs> But yeah, it definitely wasn't a bad thing. Um, I liked I liked the bass up front um, on this record. Yes, I think this uh, was a very good first track for the record. Uh, moving yeah. on, we have the title track, Graceland. Uh, yes. What did you guys think? I liked it. I thought this was great. Um, I liked, again, with the drums, the, the, the actual, like, the, 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 the rhythmic pattern in particular. Um... I think I think you would refer to it as double time because it like the, you have the snare going off on like like every syncopation after the the kick. Um, it was really just upbeat and it was just like bouncy and plucky too with the with the guitars and the and the um, the stringed instruments. Just like really just like having fun again. It's like they're just they're just kind of playing. You know they're just having a jam. Um, I like I like. Um, uh Paul Simon's vocals as well. I thought they were nice and upfront. It, it was really interesting. Like I felt like the also upfront was like the delay and the reverb. Um like I thought there was like a very heavy amount of that in the mix for his vocals, but not so much in the in the in- instrumentation, which I did not enjoy. I thought I wish they were like in the same space. But like generally I thought it was really great. And the background vocals, like the ahs and the oohs when they come in around um I think it's like the second verse or chorus, like it, they they start kind of swelling and developing. I thought that was really great too. I thought this is also a, this is a great song. I just yeah, it's just it's a good one. It's a keeper. Yeah, definitely. I I thought um using this as like the title track was a really good choice. Like not yeah, title track. Yeah. That's right. Was a good choice. I feel like this song is like a standout like song for Paul Simon now, as well as on this album, like, it's just very like, yeah, it's like, I feel like it's one of his most well-known songs. Like it's become like a very, like, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Well-known Paul Simon song. This was also the second single released for this album, which I think. Yeah. Is yeah. yeah. Uh, it was yeah. also lyrically, this song was about his, I believe, divorce with Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Yep. Uh-oh. Yeah. And it's titled <laughs> Graceland because that is Elvis's hometown, which was really interesting. Yep, and actually, that's what his house is called. I think that's what his like, his house is called. It's like Graceland, like, yeah, his ranch. Oh, yeah. really? Where you, it's like a museum now. Like you can go visit it and stuff. And there are like a lot of allusions to Memphis throughout the song. Like, um, I can't think of anyone's off the top of my head, but he like makes references to things in Memphis, um, mm. which I thought was kind of cool. So the ending of this track uh, during the fade out, it sounded like there was like a coughing during. Was there? Yeah. I couldn't tell if that was just, like, like just the sound getting quieter, and maybe it was, like, a snare hit, but I couldn't, like, make out what it was. Oh, wait. Sorry, I just played it just to hear. I think I, I think I heard it. It didn't sound like a cough. It sounded like someone was, like, clearing their throat. Like, yeah. <clears throat> Which, I mean, like, honestly, I, I honestly believe that, like, the majority of songs back in this time that just have fade-outs are just because they just, they just, they fucked up, or they just, like, ran out of ideas, they're just oh, yeah. like, yeah, all right, like, you can cut it here, I guess, whatever, you know? Definitely. So I feel like that's probably what happened here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, I really liked this track. It was, I thought it was great. Agree. I feel like the A-side of this whole record is much better than the B-side. Yes. Uh, I yeah. think they- well... Yeah, they put it up front, and they knew what they were doing. Yeah, this is a this is this is a record. Uh, that being said, on the next song, I know what I know. I didn't enjoy this track. I was oh thank God I Those, was like, not those like punchy twangy guitars were kind of strange, like that Telecastery like just raw like no like effects or anything. It was so such a strange sound that you like don't hear. Very often. Yeah. Well, gee, I wonder why. Um, <laughs> you know, the the drums here, I think, are probably the worst on the record. Yeah, or... there was, like, this awful fill that I just... At the beginning, it's just... It, first of all, it's so loud and so mm-hmm. upfront, and it's completely unexpected, and it was a little grating to hear it when I first... Like, a little shocking. But also, like, I... um. 
again, like these are these are like peak '80s drums. You know, this is at the height of when they like everything just had that like quick reverb on it. And like, but the snare, it literally, it, I feel like it has it doesn't really have much presence because it it just sounds like just like a moment of noise. Um, and it's just it's constant throughout the whole thing. Um, and uh, it, yeah, it was just really harsh to me. And the choir too. I I was not a fan of the choir. The background the really, I kind of not work. They, they were the yelping choir. and howling. I was not a fan of it. It sounded like I, there was I a train in the studio. <laughs> I kind of thought it was cool because it was like kind of juxtaposed. Like it wasn't, they weren't singing the lyrics. Like I feel like in some of the other ones, they're just like singing parts of the lyrics from previous parts, but they were kind of singing their own thing. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, I, I could were. see. I don't think that worked with his vocals though. Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I thought that, I may agree with Andy on this one. I thought that, um... I, I, I maybe they would have worked better if they weren't just so I felt like they're louder than Paul Simon's vocals. Yeah, that's like, fair. They were just so upfront. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just I, 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 it was an, it was definitely like a different thing. Something that I really felt about like something that I, I, I felt while I was listening to his record is that like I was I'm listening to a lot of things that I'm not familiar with musically. Um Especially, again, because there's so much influence from South African music. So, like, I was taking a lot of that into consideration. Like, maybe it's just because I'm not used to this type of singing. Um, and there definitely are some moments, like, that I really do enjoy, um, like, the South African choirs that come in. But, yeah, this one in particular, I was a, I was a, little, I was a little confused by, I have to say. But, you know, um, but that's fine. It's okay. He, I did he write, did it, and it's done. Reminds me of Talking Heads at some points. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that while listening, and I think it was like kind of there was like some po- points where he was like kind of talky, like he wasn't singing parts, like mm. he was just like speaking yes, lyrics, yes. which is like very much a Talking Heads thing. Like, I mean, David Byrne, love him so much, like definitely an artist. Yeah, like he's an artist for um, sure. No, absolutely not the best singer though, and and he talks a lot, and it kind of had that at yeah. some points for me. But yeah, I mean, I I didn't hate it. It definitely wasn't like a standout track on the album yeah. by any means. But I mean. I think um, what just ru- like it like what could have saved the song, but what ruined it for me was just the completely abrupt ending. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Like it literally just it just out of nowhere, just like the the that again that plucky twangy guitar just starts like, and then literally the song's over. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? I thought there was more going on here, but oh, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, so next song, Gum Boots. Uh. Yes. This is the first track where uh his vo- where his vocal style kind of like bothered me a little cuz he like I feel like he wasn't into this song at all like he was just kind of like forcing it out of his mouth almost. He was doing that like talking thing that you were just mentioning yeah. Zach. Like I'll, I mm-hmm. it was pretty prevalent here where he was just kind of talk singing through it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I I wrote um at this point that the songs started to sound a little similar like the melodies and like the way that he's singing kind of sounded, you know, like I was getting a little bored of it, <laughs> not like bored, yeah. but I was like getting to a point where I was like, all right, can we change it up a little bit here? Um, right. But I, but I loved the, the, the saxophones when they came in, there's like the two like harmonized saxophones. And those like were so good to me. I, I, I'm like a sucker for like close harmony, like alto tenor saxes playing at the same time. Like it reminded me of, um, I don't know if you guys listen to Kamazi Washington at all. He's like a, a oh, jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He ha- he has a jazz version of Claire de Lune by Debussy. And it's like. Really? Yeah. And it's. I haven't heard that. It's like beautiful, like harmony, like between an alto and a tenor sax. I think that's what it is. And they're just like playing so in like tight, like in tune together. And it's like, it's incredible. And that's kind of what it reminded me of with like that tight, like harmonies between horns. Um. Yeah, I just wrote it down. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. To the, uh, it's definitely... Kamasi Washington's. It's off of his, like, his three-hour epic, like, jazz album. It's called Oh, really? The yeah, I have to yeah. really digest. I think I only listened to the first hour, like, the first disc. Yeah. Because I could only... That's as much as I could handle. Because, I listen, as much as I love jazz, that's a lot of jazz yeah, for yeah, one, I, I <laughs> one listen. But I'll have to come back to it for sure. Definitely. Uh, so, next song, uh, Diamond on the Soles of Her Shoes. Probably... One of the biggest songs on the record. This was a good one. I like I this one. love this song. <laughs> uh, 
it's weird because I I really really loved the intro to this song too. Like the oh, oh yeah, for, oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. this was the first time the African choir comes in. It was beautiful. It was phenomenal. It was only Abs- like yeah. a minute long intro, but it was oh it was so good. Yeah, I, I love I, this is this has been a favorite for a long time. Like I've known this song for a while, and it's 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 been mm. on my on my radar for a while. I really really love the intro, yeah. and I I love I just love this song so much. I I don't have it many feels, bad things it, to say. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it it feels like everyone involved is 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 passionate when they're when they're performing, and that's what I really that's what kind of sticks out most for me when it comes to the choirs as well as like where Paul's vocals shine is where like you feel like there's passion in in, in the voices, um, and also even not just the the vocalist but like the instrumentalist too, like the horns on this track, mm-hmm. like I thought um there I think there was an interlude where there was like the the horns were like panned in like this really weird way, but like it was so cool. I oh my god, no, I thought it was great. I I am a sucker for just horns in general, especially when they're well mixed and well um well um or uh, orchestrated and arranged. And this was definitely one of those tracks where it really just stands out. Yeah, I actually wrote yeah. the same. I said the interlude after the first chorus with the horns is just. <laughs> I put chef's kiss ba- in my notes. <laughs> the bass on this track is the best on the record. It even so honestly good. in this in this track it gave me kind of like an Earthbound feel. If you've played those games, yes, yeah, yes, it like uh, yeah. I, the Earthbound is my favorite video game soundtrack. Uh, I have it on is vinyl. It really? Yeah, I have it on vinyl three times over. Wait, do you really? Yeah, it's right over there on my shelf. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know that. I want one. Uh, but no, it, I this song was phenomenal. I absolutely loved it. Uh, if my one big complaint on it, and it's my only real complaint, is that uh, the faders get a little wonky towards the end. It just starts getting a little louder, uh, which live, I enjoy that. But for something where I'm sitting at my desk and it's just me chilling, maybe we, maybe we keep it all the same level. Fair enough. That's a, that's a, that's a fair assessment. Um... It definitely, uh, I wrote, like, I did like the outro. It was a little cute to me because it was just um, the choir, like, going ta na 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 To me, this song felt like it was a very, or- it felt like organic. I-, I called it organic music in my notes because it felt like it was just how, like, people naturally, like, in groups just, like, make music together, sure. you know? Like, if they're just jamming. Um, that's what it really felt like to me. And, like, and the and the choir just kind of, like, jamming out at the end like it just sounded like they were just like it sounded like they're just having fun with it they that's what i love about this this track is like they're just they're just having fun with it definitely talking about the diamonds on the sole of this girl's shoes (laughs) hanging out (laughs) the next song you can call me al uh this is a very fun bouncy track i like this track i thought it was great Uh, this is another one it's also oh sorry go ahead Is, I was just gonna say I'm I'm um on the Apple Music it's it, this is his like most popular track or it's like the it's the number one so I'm pretty sure I mean I, again I'm not really familiar with Paul Simon but like it it sounds like 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 a a hit you know it yeah. sounds like a single yeah this it, was it, a single this really was good. the first yeah. single from the album yeah and actually I think that one of the reasons this song became so popular was um he did a video that wasn't very popular for it first and then did another one with Chevy Chase. That Lorne Michael actually mm. directed. Lorne. Where um, uh, Chevy Chase is like mouthing the words and they're like playing like a bunch of stupid instruments. They're kind of like dancing around being all goofy. Chevy Chase and Paul Simon. And like that's like ingrained in my head as like a really cool like funny music video that I like know from my childhood. And I think that was like a really popular like MTV. Like they played it a lot like when the song came out. So I mm. think that is this is why you know, that helped make the song as popular as it was, you know? I also think like I I said in this, in the beginning that this whole album is very dancey. Yeah. Like every song just like gets your tap in your feet and like, kind of like feeling it and like getting into it a little bit. Yeah. I know the first time I listened to it, I was cooking in the uh, kitchen and I was like doing some little dances while (laughs) mixing the pop. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a dancey album. (laughs) It's hard not to get into it. (laughs) <laughs> sorry i'm just Im- imagining my dear friend andy just like <laughs> twisting his hips in the kitchen while he's making some mac and cheese to paul simon <laughs> listen it's not that hard to imagine it's a real thing that many people have seen before andy i've never seen you really dance well that's because you've only seen me around people who hate me <laughs> 
That's not true. I want to see you dance. I want... Listen, next time we're allowed to, which may be many moons from now, I want to I see us both completely drunk, and I just want to dance to Paul Simon. <laughs> we'll throw a big reunion party, a big bash. Big Paul Simon uh, tribute party. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, uh, ah. Again, on this song's fade out, uh, there was like a weird clicking. I don't know what was with the fade outs during this album, but like he they just they just give up at the end. They just run out of ideas. Is what's happening. I'm I'm almost positive they're just like I guess we you know I'm just I'm tired of riffing. The bass solo though, the yeah, bass I solo in, in the middle like break and just like yes, like just slapping so good. I love that. That's like my favorite part of that whole song. Like I wait for it every single time I I listen to this song. Like just wait for that bass solo. Yeah. Oh, God. No, it was so good. good. I liked it. Um, That's actually a song I cover, like, when I play at the bars and stuff. I do, oh, like, yeah. an acoustic version, kind of like, you know, I don't even... Oh, you, but yeah. Zach, I, do you have an acoustic bass? I don't. Well, I have, a, I have the upright from school, but I don't actually oh, have yeah, an yeah. acoustic bass. But I do, I play, like, you know, like, an acoustic uh, guitar version of the song. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Everyone always shits on acoustic bass, but I kind of like the sound of them. They're kind of fun. What, have I ever seen an acoustic bass? What do they look like? Are they real? Yeah, they're just a bass, but <laughs> like a but wood instead of electric. They kind of look like I an acoustic guitar, but like with yeah. the bass neck and strings. Mm. Regardless, uh, next song under African skies. I yes. didn't like. It's kind of um, like forgettable almost. I kind of like I did. I do remember like the harmonies were cool because it was Linda Ronstadt. I actually looked that up, mm-hmm. and I thought that was kind of cool, kind of bringing in you oh, know yeah, other yeah, yeah. other artists um, the and female stuff. vocals. Yeah, um, and actually this album, I think the Everly Brothers are on it too. Like he just like mm-hmm. was calling up his friends, like, "Hey, you want to be on this like album?" <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. That's the best way to make music is to get your friends involved. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I said this is it was beautiful, but it's like forgettable almost. Like it's 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 pretty song, but. Like I don't, well, I hated this part of the song uh, where he started playing stuff backwards. I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> I can't stand that. That's so corny. It's just you're just doing it for the gimmick. You're just doing it to fill now, time. Now come now, listen, Andy. You got to put it into context. You got 2021 ears. This is Paul Simon's uh like 1984 ears. All right. Yeah. Or 1986 or whatever. They, who knows? It wasn't. Listen, I know the Beatles did it like once, but like it was not <laughs> as common as it used to be now. That's for sure. So you got, listen, I mean, it might not have been a gimmick back then, but he may have helped turn it into a gimmick. Chew on them apples, huh? Mm. <laughs> uh, next song, Homeless. All I, oh my goodness. I, I wrote like in one. big, big like caps, Lady Smith, Black Mambaba, Mambaza. Like they were so, their voices, anytime I hear them. It was beautiful. They're so yeah. good. Like, the, mm. like, uh, they're, you know that these that that group they've been doing this since they were children like they've been practicing mm-hmm. this so they're just like so in tune and like just so soulful I loved listening to them like yeah they they could sing anything and I would be totally down to listen to it I was really concerned that when Paul Simon joined in it was gonna not sound good or like class with the record but not he he comes in very naturally and organically and it does yeah. it just makes the track better it's a beautiful 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 yeah, yeah. record or a track. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it was all acapella too, which a bit like, um, it was still like so compelling. Like oh, it was yeah. just, it really kept me in. And especially when, um, the sort of rhythmic elements of their, of their voices came in, like the tongue clicking and, and the grunting, um, I called it grunting, but like, they're just like, what they were just vocalizing. Just yeah, like, like these guttural, sounds like yeah, guttural sounds. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was so it, like on one hand, it was very like, primal in one sense but in the other hand it was like it was also just just so well articulated and and just beautiful it like it was just so like it felt heavenly honestly is yeah. how i kind of felt like listening to it. it's just it was so good yeah it was great yeah. and like this style of singing is actually like i think there is clicks in the t- like the the style like the name in the language yeah. yeah and but like that you can tell that that like style of singing is very based on improv like there were parts where you're like, oh, okay, like you're gonna say something, like you're gonna like sing over everybody just for a second, like a little, and like I, I, that's what they do, like that's part of the like traditions of that yeah. style of singing, which I, I adored, I, I loved this, yeah, and I'd never listened to this track Absolutely. before, um, listening through 
because I've never listened to this album all the way through. I knew like, you yeah. know, a handful of tracks, but I didn't know like the whole album. And this one really, I was like, wow, <laughs> like it was so beautiful. Uh, you know, the only, the only, like, especially with a track like this, um, that it just feels, it's just purely choir. Like the only, the only like reference I have is, um, when I, back when I was in college, <laughs> sounds like a eons ago, but it was only a year. Um, back when I was in like state singers and, and the men's choir, um, where we would sing songs like these and like, or even like in high school, like we would have, we would do like these sort of like African spirituals, um, where we would be like performing in languages that like we didn't really know, but like, um, you know, what the one thing that was consistent, like regardless of like whether we knew the language or not, was that like music in some way or another is a sort of universal language. And so like you could really relate to the lyrics in some way and like you could feel the passion and you can feel through the music and through the performance, you can feel the energy and emotion coming from um, coming from the music itself when you're when you're when you're like looking at it and when you're when you're rehearsing it and performing it um, or as a as an audience member as a listener and, and taking it in like it doesn't matter like what the like what what uh, what they're saying or what language it's in it's like you can still get that feeling because the, the performance is there and and the passion and, and the real like care for it is is really present which I yeah so no I really love this track it really it reminded me of like of performing those types of songs back in back in college very good yeah and, and going back to um how this was like kind of a controversial album this one is like it's a protest song really like if you listen to like what the lyrics are saying i mean they're they're talking about like the things they're dealing with in south africa during apartheid and stuff um so i feel like that's this this track really like solidified that it like wasn't really you know as colonizery as people may have stated <laughs> previously, you know? Um, yeah. But now, and, and I also thought that, um, Paul Simon kind of laid back in this one. He, like he wasn't like, yeah. he didn't feel like he was he gives the room for the choir. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I know Andy, you were saying that like, he came in like perfectly and like very like nonchalantly just like came in, like it sounded great, but he kind of like laid back. Like he didn't quite, um, you know, he didn't act like he had an ego when he was, when you listen to this, it's like, yeah, he's not like the yeah. main part of this song. Cause like, if you think like modern artists, like if Kanye West had a song like this on his album, you know, for a <laughs> fact, he would have like just been the forefront of it. He would have put in some oh, like, yeah. crappy auto-tune vocals. Ah, he'd be just fucking whining all yeah. over. It's like, ah, <laughs> uh, you know, my favorite part about that. We're only doing album of the year. means that I, we don't have to talk about any Kanye West other than <laughs> the entirety of this whole show from now until episode 64. I just get to dunk on Kanye. I don't have to be Hold critical on. at all. Wait, Andy. Wait, 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 wait. Not to not, not to um, derail this too. Are you not a are you not a Kanye guy? Are you not a fan? I didn't listen music? to him when he was a normal person. So I don't have like that pre-established like oh the dropout is so great. No, I don't have that. I I I just have pure hatred for what he's become and the symbol he is, <laughs> and he just is the most egotistical piece of shit. I hope he listens to this, and I hope he. I don't care. Fuck you, Kanye. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I have no nostalgia for that man, so I don't care if this is mean. That's fair. And that's the T. Uh, so <laughs> the next song, Crazy Love Part 2. Uh, another Part 2 song where Part 1 wasn't on this album. Yeah, what's the deal with that? Just give us Part 1 in both records. Don't continue the sequel. Don't start with the sequel. I don't, I don't, I'm now, Zach, I'm sure it was on a previous, like, record or whatever, but I don't care. Just bring the same song. From the previous record onto the new record. So we have that. context, damn it. <laughs> but I feel like back then people probably bought more records. Like I feel like if someone did this now, it'd be like maybe it wouldn't, exp I don't know. Like it'd be harder because people aren't like buying a whole album. Like I feel like when you, back, yeah. back then you had to buy the whole album. So people probably bought the previous album, you know, so they like had mm. context. But maybe for us because we're like, just drop it in in the middle <laughs> of, you know, a release. That's my biggest issue with modern music yeah. is that, like, I listen to all music, like, album-wise. Like, I oh, sit yeah. down I, and I always listen try to, to albums. I buy a CD or an LP, and I just listen to that until it's done. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people miss out on, like, whether it be, like, 
similar lyrical structures or motifs that like an artist will carry throughout their entire discography. Uh, yeah. Like a lot of my modern favorites, like Jeff Rosenstock or the front bottoms do that. And mm-hmm. I, it makes me feel like, Hey, I'm a big fan. I, I get the reference to their past work. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's nice when that kind of comes in and I, maybe I should go back and listen to crazy love part one. <laughs> do you want to listen to crazy love part one andy yeah i'll, I'll listen to crazy I'll, af- as soon as we hang up i'll <laughs> pull it up on spotify get some more context all right <laughs> but as far as the actual songs go uh it had uh some nice guitars some pretty cool flutes on this track i i like the flutes here the flutes were very mystical i i like the flutes i i don't I know love, if you guys... i'm a sucker for flutes too like i my ears, like, for some reason, like, key changes are very, like, prevalent. And, like, there's a big change from, like, the verses to the chorus. Was there? I think so. I mean, maybe maybe notice. it wasn't a change, but, like, the vibe changed between the verses and the choruses. Man's got good ears. <laughs> He's got them actually well-trained ears, as opposed to us. <laughs> hey, speak for yourself, bucko, all right? What's music theory? I just want to add reverb to vocals. I don't know anything. <laughs> I mean, I, I, my ears are okay, but I, I have some friends like that are jazz people, and their their ears are just bananas. It blows oh, yeah. my mind. Like, especially some of the people we've met at a Oswego. Uh, yeah. Like Eric, uh, he perfect ears. That man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, and Rob too. I mean, he's got mm. perfect pitch. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Yo, skill shout out I to wish Eric and Rob. <laughs> perfect people uh but yeah i you know this song wasn't like a standout though uh i didn't really like the percussion on this one all that much either Mm. it felt like a very typical like folk rock tune i would say like it was a little generic for me um it was like it was good but like it was yeah again there's nothing that really stood out about it sure um i did say that the bass felt like the lead (laughs) instrument like the bass was leading mm. the way in this one, like more than the guitars or like the piano or whatever else was, you know, instrument, mm. you know, other instruments. But I felt like the bass kind of like was leading the way, like in changing, like, I feel like that's the one thing that's cool about bass is because you're the lowest instrument. If you like change one note, you change the whole chord, like yeah. to something else. <laughs> when you kind of felt that happening a couple times, like there, there was something that was like holding a chord and the bass would just change and it would turn it into a different chord which was kind of cool i you know i i just i just realized not that this actually matters but i just realized you both play the bass um and i was about to say wow i'm becoming outnumbered um what but then i realized like i guess you could say i sing bass and (laughs) so i guess we're all in unison here so we all win no one hears us (laughs) (laughs) unless you're on a paul simon album (laughs) <laughs> exactly we just need to look for the paul simons of the world <laughs> paul where are you uh so going into the second to last track uh yes. that was your mother it's really weird that paul simon uh was the forefronter of ska because this is a ska song yes! i wanted to say i i i i um <laughs> one the saxophone here was pretty neat um but i have to say that like i, I didn't get ska from it as much as i got like polka music i even i even um, put like dixieland jazz like new yeah, orleans like yeah. like street jazz like <laughs> people with the clarinets like just wailing away yeah they were popping no it was good yeah yeah this i thought it was really a little campy a little campy i mean yeah that's listen i listen to ska for fun so campy is my that's middle fair. name why uh because ska is really good and it's nice when things are fun and not all depressing no wonder you like a hundred gex. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, Thank you, you, man. You gotta stop mentioning them. People are gonna stop listening. They're gonna think we have bad taste in music. Whoa, 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 whoa. Anyone out here that says the hundred gex is not good music, uh, they're wrong unless they're talking about the remix album, to which then they would be correct. <laughs> I will say, in in Ska's defense, in Ska's defense. It's like a very like long running tradition. Like it's it's been around for a long time. Started in like in yeah, in like Jamaica and Bob Marley's first band was actually a ska band. Hey. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. 
Yeah. Ska <laughs> is a good genre, and anyone who says otherwise is wrong. So then br- where the hell is it? Bring it it's back. It's literally here. We are the Union, Catbite. There are so many good ska bands. Why? Okay, why aren't there any, like, like notable ones? Because you're thinking about back to the 90s when, like, Real Big Fish was, like, at the forefront. <laughs> There's plenty of notable ones. You're, they're just all lost in the shuffle of modern music where everything is given to you by an algorithm. You actually have to look for music, <laughs> Nikki. Andy, this is the part where I tell you that I've really genuine. I've never really listened to ska, and so I'll, I don't. I Nikki, don't have any. You're, send me some ska. You're gonna get the I'll, best of ska tomorrow. You give me, give me the best. Give me, give me the best of the before and the now. I want to hear all the ska, and I'll. Li- I promise, if you send me some good ska, I'll listen to at least one record. And on next week's episode, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell you what I thought about ska. <laughs> That's gonna be a fun <laughs> intro part. Uh, <laughs> uh, but does anyone have any further tracks on or th- that? that thoughts on this track um not really it was kind of middle of the road for me yeah. i thought but kind of loses mean, the vibe of the we're coming album. to the end of it so this was the second yeah. to last yeah 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 uh so the next track uh and the last track which for some reason has two titles uh all around the world <laughs> or the myth of fingerprints um i put that it had like kind of i liked the the drum part it was like almost like an afro-cuban kind of like straight eighths kind of beat and i was kind of like Ooh, that's yeah. that's a little different than what we've heard previously on this album. Like, it went you know to a like a jazzier place almost uh, for for the, mm-hmm. the the drum parts. But that's all I really wrote about this one. So. I really this was one of the weaker songs on the record. It, I yeah. feel like a lot of the records we've listened to so far on this, a lot of them just don't know how to end. This could just be. Excuse me. Excuse me. No, no. Adele's twenty one. Yeah. Excuse me. That was the exception. Excuse so me. Far. That was the exception. We can't compare everything to Adele. I but I can try, damn it. Mm. But yeah, this was a fine track. Uh, yeah, it's fine. I will say, Andy, I, when I listened to the Adele one, uh, I know that you said you didn't love when. Uh, I mean, luckily we weren't like around when this album came out; like we weren't even mm-hmm. thought about yet. Um, but ever like there was probably four or five of the tracks on this were singles. Going yeah, back to what I you said, how five of them were, uh, and I yeah. will hammer this point home. You don't need more than three singles for your eleven track album. You, <laughs> the, you, the The manager or the producer, whoever's in charge, Whoa, wait, wait. you just just spread them out better because you're just gonna ruin something. You're gonna like you need to have something there. You can't just make a bunch of singles and then release a record. If you want to do that, just release the best of record. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. What? What? wait. Andy, that's what records used to be. Yeah, and that sucks. It sucks. Music. I, what do you think Thriller was? We're not, like, that's half the record, which we're going to have to cover. We're get, that, Wait, you're talking about, you're roasting Quincy right now. You're coming at Quincy. Yeah. And you like Back on the Block, I damn it. I do like Back on the Block. <laughs> But so I, then what? Your, your, your argument is invalid. No, it's not invalid. I, you're, you are I wrong. You are incorrect. I hate when records are just collection of singles. Fine. Fine. <laughs> then you hate the past. I do hate the past. The past had Nazis. <laughs> and the present also has Nazis. Also we have the, the new Nazis. I hate the present, too. I don't know what you want, Nikki. I hate everything. I let's. Do you, are you going to hate the future, too, with the future Nazis? I do hate future Nazis. I'm going to go on record and say I hate all Nazis. Past present and future <laughs> i i do i do i do uh wholeheartedly agree with that statement uh as long as i know what the future nazis as, as long as we know what the future nazis are if you use the we word don't. nazi we know what you're about <laughs> do we are there any like real nazis this is this is not anyway paul signed <laughs> I'm sorry, Paul. Paul, forgive me. Uh, does anyone have any close? Uh, what what's everyone's cl- thoughts on the overall record? I didn't even get to talk about this song. Oh yeah, we started talking. Yeah, Nikki you t- started talking about Nazis. Um, yeah, it was a good song. It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I noticed. <laughs> I did notice two, like a couple things. One, um, the intro just started out of nowhere, especially because the last song kind of like I don't know, it kind of like ended slowly. Um, so it just kind of pulled up the snare noisy again, not a noise, not a good, not, not, not good drums on this one. 
And it just it just ended, yeah. you know. I thought, you know, if any if any of these songs were gonna end the record, it might as well be this one. Yeah. But um but yeah, that yeah, you know, week ending. But here we are at the end of the record. Uh does anyone have any closing thoughts or overall opinions? You start. Uh I mean I've said most of what I thought. Uh I really loved the instrumentation on this record. I think it's aside from the first song with the weird tuba accordion thing, I think the bass was really good throughout the entire record. Uh, I thought a lot of the background vocals and the choirs were really good. Uh, of course, there are always uh, some exceptions to that. But overall, this record is pretty good. I enjoyed most of it. There were a couple skippable skippable songs, but overall, yeah. good record. When we go next, I will go next. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I really like this album. Um I mean, I like I said, I I'm a Paul Simon fan. I've 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 listened to a lot of the songs off of this album um, over the years, and so coming in, I was like already pretty excited, and I you know I, I really I, I liked it a lot. I I think it's a great album. Um, I will say it's it's definitely a chores album. Like you could just pop this on when you're cleaning the house, and it's gonna like you're gonna be dancing around with the vacuum cleaner. You know, this it's that kind of album. Or the mac and cheese in Andy's kitchen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is a chores album, which is, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Um, it definitely, every song is very dancey and a lot of fun. So, um, yeah. And there's a couple of you pretty, I think, I think um, Homeless is very like emotional. You gave me emotions. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, so you got like your dancey, 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 and then like an emotional song and then you end with some more dancey stuff so yeah i i love this album and i will definitely probably put it in in some type of rotation um um yeah <laughs> nikki what i will say yes andy what i will say um i did i'll be honest i'll be honest with y'all um this was a i i wouldn't i i this was a bit of a challenging listen for me, not in like a negative way, but like I was kind of alluding to earlier in our uh, discussion, like this is definitely, I think this is the first album um, that we've, that we've kind of covered so far in this, in this uh, series um, where the music, like the actual like music and the sounds and the styles were like very unfamiliar to me. Like, again, I, you know, I've had, you know, some experience with like, you know, choir in, in college, but like, other than that, like there, I'm not really familiar with this like type of music. Um, and so like when I first listened to it, I was just like, do I even like this? Like, I've just, what, what is, what does this even sound like? But as I kind of listened to it throughout, throughout, um, yesterday and today, like I really, I, I like, I, it still is not like my cup of tea, but I found it like to be, to still be like really interesting to me, like, and worth like it's definitely worth listening to like uh, again and again, um, especially like the single cuts, like you can call me Al and Graceland and Dim diamonds on the soul of your shoes, especially uh, homeless, which I agree is like just a beautiful, beautiful track. Um, definitely a lot of like passion and, and emotion and um, purpose put into this record is what I thought. Um, this record is, was, was added um, to the United States National Recording Registry as being, cult, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically important. Um, it was added in 2006, and I definitely think that, um, especially, w w like, as we were reading, going through the Wikipedia, like, where, like historically, where it's placed, um, I do think it definitely is, like, culturally and historically important. Um, for the time, because it most certainly did one thing, regardless of like how we feel about the music, did one thing for certain, and that is introduce the sounds of South Africa um, to America, you know, or was part in in introducing sounds to uh, and and furthering that just um, the beauty of of, of mu uh, like integrating music globally, you know, and so. Um, but no, this was a this was a, this was a good record. I I, I did enjoy it. Um, kind of in the in in that vein. So that's that's that. Those are my thoughts. So Zach, uh, next comes the rating. Uh, we do a one to sixty three. <laughs> sixty three being a perfect score. One being uh, you absolutely hated it and want it to burn in hell. Uh, since you are our guest, I'm gonna let you go first. I will give it a uh forty eight. Ooh. Pretty okay. high, but not you know a little bit more than more than the middle. I I, I really like this album. Um, mm. I do. I think it's my favorite album of all time. I don't think so, but it's definitely like 
you know, maybe top 100 albums that I would listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Zach, I have a question completely unrelated, but what, what would you say is your favorite record of oh, all time? Oh, God. That's, that is a hard question. Um, oh, man. I don't know. I love um, Rubber Soul by the Beatles. Oh, okay. Um, I, that's a, I think it's a very underrated Beatles album. Um, that might be, yeah, that might be on my top, top two. All right. And then I also love, I know it's a weird choice, but Tom Waits' Small Change. I don't, I don't <laughs> skip a track on that album. I listen to it over and over and over again and do not skip a track. Like, I love that album. Um, mm. So, yeah, very different, I I, very different albums. Uh, it's correct. I thought for a second when you mentioned Tom Waits, I really thought you were going to mention Bone Machine because you did recommend me to listen to that record, which I really did enjoy when when I did uh, listen to it. I don't know if we ever talked about it, but yeah, I think, I think we like, talked about it briefly. Yeah, Tom yeah. Waits. Yeah, Tom Waits definitely is like he's got some fun ones out there. Yeah, he's yeah, he's an sure. interesting guy, and he's so mysterious. No one knows anything about him. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I would say like Rubber Soul and like Small Change. Those are albums that I like play over and over and over again. Um. Nice. So, Nikki, what what do you, what's your rating? Um, I gave this a thirty-seven mm-hmm. out of sixty-three. Um, I like it's a it's a middle of the road with with a slight slight uh, positive curve um, or a lean. Um, like I said, I like I I did enjoy this record. It's y- you both know broadly what my musical tastes are and again this was a very like new listen for me and so maybe if i absorbed it a little bit more i might even rate it more highly um i definitely think um not to jump the gun but i definitely think it it, it, it earned its grammy mm-hmm. um it, just on on a cultural level um i think that it just it really or and aesthetically too like i thought that it really it just it, it was something new and different and it's uh, and i think for that reason like it's it made me think a lot about music and about like the music that I listen to and the music that I I just listened to. It it really introduced me to some new ideas and concepts, even with the, with the few listens that I, that I gave it. And so for that reason, um, yeah, no, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was a good time. I will just add Uh, real quick. Um, sorry. Yeah. Um, he wasn't well received before this album, like his solo albums were not very. Right. Cause this was after, um, Simon and Garfunkel. He broke up with, Garfunkel, yeah. Yeah, so I think this was like his sad fourth or fifth album solo, and it was his first well-received, you know, mm. and, and Grammy nod and everything else, so that's kind of an interesting good. thing about it, too. Good for him. Good boy. It's a good album. Uh, I gave it a 47, so a little bit lower than you, Zach, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it does lose itself a bit at a couple of spots, but overall, it's sure. worth a listen. Uh, definitely give it a peek. And then, so that does divide out to an average of 44. I'll take it. Overall, good record. So, Zach, do you want to plug yourself, uh, before we wrap things up? Sure, yeah. Um, so like I said, uh, and, uh, Nikki said, I'm Zach Blazak. I'm on all, uh, streaming services now with my album, uh, Homebrew. Um, I'm on YouTube and TikTok. Um, and Twitter, all of them, I believe, are... I think I've got them all under Zach underscore Blazak. So, um, mm. so yeah, uh, check me out. I am pretty proud of what I'm doing. And I think, uh, yeah, just check out the music. <laughs> and we are too, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> all right. As always, you can follow Nikki on all social media, at Nikki Kulai. Uh, you can follow us on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, a bunch of podcast platforms. Uh, follow us, rate us if you feel like it. Uh, I think that's it. Fine. All right. Zach, uh, every episode we close out by nominating someone for our fake Grammys. Uh, who would you like to nominate for a Grammy? Any person ever? Yeah, I, we did an episode, uh, I think last week we did Mario and Luigi, so... <laughs> okay, oh, the bassist on this album. <laughs> Give the bassist <laughs> deserved, on this album a Grammy. He deserved his own Grammy, because <laughs> he's incredible. <laughs> so yes, the bassist from this album. 
Hey everyone, it's me again, Andy. Uh, just forgot to mention this episode. Next week, we're going to be listening to Nick of Time by Bonnie Raitt, which won in the year 1990. So make sure you listen to that if you're listening along with us. All right, that's it. Bye.